0: This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder.
1: Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm talking with Todd Dorenfeld, who is the creator of a company called Tink Tank Animate. And Todd, good morning. Thank you for being on the show.
0: Good morning. Good morning, Eliza. Thank you.
1: I'm really excited to talk about Tink Tank Animate. I know that, that you see this as you know your, your vision, and we just were off air talking a little bit about the artists who are involved in Tink Tank Animate, and um, we're going to get into all the... The details of, of what this is and why it's important, but I would like to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to develop Tink Tank Animate, and then we'll get into what's going on now and what's coming in the future. But, but tell us about yourself. Sure.
0: Okay. Well, I come from I come from a, a little bit over a twenty five year career in uh, writing and directing animation and feature films and live action and music videos and commercials, but mostly as an independent, as uh, my own self, as my own artist. So people were coming to me for me. Or I was putting out my own work. So uh, even though I worked with some studios or I would work with major labels, it was uh, I was kind of lucky it was always generally on my own terms. So it was uh, a very interesting career in that. Yeah, and that's where I come from. Okay. And then with autism, my first experience with autism was when I was in high school and I was a lifeguard. And uh, we taught swimming lessons, and they thought that I should work with this one kid who uh, had autism. And I spent two weeks walking this young man around the pool, and it was fine. I was fine with just walking him around the pool. And then the very last day, he walks down the steps into the pool, and his mother came up to me crying saying that was the greatest accomplishment she's seen anybody have with her child. And I was like, I didn't, I'm, you know, I'm 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and I'm going, really? Because he just stepped in the water. But in hindsight, you know, as you think about that over and over again, because that's a pretty major thing to see a mother cry like that. So with yeah. such joy, you know, you start to realize, oh, well, yeah, I did walk. I did have the patients walk around with him and think nothing of it for two weeks. And then when he climbed in the pool, the mother, after what, you know, I think the boy was eight years old or nine years old, after nine years of working with her own son to see him do that, oh, I saw that. Wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. People can recognize greatness in such small uh, achievements. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, wow, it's it's really great. Then later, as I was in L.A. being a film director and animator, I was introduced to a young girl who was doing all these really great sculptures, and her parents were interested in her doing animation. And I do a lot of stop motion animation, which is using your hands—it's like making dolls or real physical objects move. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was doing sculpture, so I taught her, and her parents were interested in her going to Cal Arts, which is like that's the cream of the crop. That's the highest you could get when it goes comes to animation schools in the world. Okay, So I was like, well, that's great. I didn't get in there. I went to NYU, which I was ha- completely happy about. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get into CalArts, but we could try. Well, she got into CalArts, and she was on the spectrum. But she was uh, highly functional, right? But she was on the spectrum. And she mm-hmm. got into CalArts, and I was like, wow, that was amazing. And from there... I met another family that introduced me to the board at uh, Exceptional Minds, which is a trade school in Los Angeles for autism, for animation and visual effects. And at that school, I got completely introduced to this world of, wow, all these kids doing animation and visual effects at this high level, and they're super into it. And it didn't matter where they were on the spectrum. They were capable of making this amazing stuff. The difference, my personal vision difference from the school was that I saw that there was greatness coming from them if they expressed and communicated themselves as opposed to doing skills for employment. Okay. And it was like but that's that's your own mirror for myself. Mm-hmm. Cuz I look at my mirror of my career and I go, well people hired me for me for making what I made. Well these kids are so cool, I bet the people would hire them to make what they make, right? As opposed to uh trying to get them a job and make other people's stuff for them. Mm. So then I moved from uh los angeles to detroit to then open up Tink tank which focused purely on the storytelling aspects of all of this so it's not about it's not about your medium it's about the story you're going to tell and telling the story then you choose a medium be it a book be it an animation be it a short film be it a radio play uh i love doing the radio plays with these guys that's really exceptional stuff. you uh, It's just like War of the Worlds. You're, we're doing a radio show right now, so you get right. it. Right? So they don't need, you know, if you are not confident in your drawing abilities or you're not confident in your sculpting abilities or anything that would be visually artistic, but you have something to say, or you're not comfortable with writing things down so much, right? But you have something to say. You have the radio play, which allows everybody to do everything you could do in Star Wars for a penny
1: wow that's so interesting I um and for me personally it's, I never thought about it that way but I have a lot to say which you'll learn as we talk today um, I, I I talk a lot but and I do and I my work revolves also around story you know running the foundation at Anderson well, you have to tell world. the story right that that's what it's all made up of but but you look at the difference first, between but, my daughter and we her were. drawings and mine it's uh it, it's good that I tell my stories verbally that's <laughs> or orally that is so yeah, interesting but I,
0: would, I would Still champion, I would still champion your illustration yeah, abilities as thanks. well. I champion, them, <laughs> champion them all. But I only like to work with people in uh, the neurodiverse community because yeah. I, I want to give them all the super tricks of the trade so that they come out of the gate right off the bat, super professionals. Which is. Why well, I like to call them artists as opposed to like students or uh, clients right. or patients or any of that stuff. They're, they're really artists and we treat them as an artist who needs to be developed and know that they, they know how to tell their story. And they already do, because everyone knows how to tell a story. That's, like, the easiest thing. We all do. It's just we're all scared of doing it.
1: Many are. And also, there's there's a lot of people in the world who think that there's one or two ways to tell a story. And I think what, you're, what, what Tink Tank is doing is encouraging people to, to tell, like you said, story first and then you decide how you're going to tell it. And there's a, a million different ways to get it across. Um, I have a question for you. Do most yes. of the people who most of the artists who, who, who are a part of Tink Tank at this point, do they come to you initially sort of self-identifying as an artist or is that something that you see happening when they're given the opportunity to um, to exercise that part of who they are?
0: So the majority are coming to us you know, recognizing their artistic value—that mm-hmm. there's something, or or their artistic passion, right? That the family recognizes. Well, my kid just loves to draw all the time. Maybe they don't think the the guy's going to grow up to do tons of drawing or animation all their life, but he loves to draw all the time. So, is this something we should focus on, right? So there mm-hmm. is there's there's those two things that are being, but but I believe this is the like the super jumpstart for anybody, for anybody, even if you don't recognize yourself as an artist, especially young kids,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Uh, at the tip of elementary school and up into high school, and then for adults as well. We, I mean, we, we have children, our children are coloring before they're writing, right? Yeah. And they're drawing before they're writing, right? But what are they doing before they're even uh, drawing, that we can recognize is they're actually speaking. So the idea that they're speaking is the idea that they have something to say. Now, you take one more step back, the idea that they're thinking means that they have something to say. So how can we extract that story? And the other community that I want to be uh, spending a lot of time with is illiteracy as well. Mm. Because I think it stems the same kind of self-gratification of creating your story telling your story and instead of struggling to read someone else's story if you tell your story and you see someone else wrote your story like say on a whiteboard Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right and the guy tells you your story but he doesn't know how to read he doesn't even know what A looks like and you go and you scribble all over this whiteboard and you go that was the story you wrote well that kid's going to want to learn how to read Mm yeah and and it goes and it works with autism too Mm -hmm. you know it's no, the one thing that they do or they don't come to me with, so they come to with this real self-identification of, say, artistry, right? They know they like the art. Mm-hmm. They want to do this art. They don't come to me with a grasp on self. hmm and through the writing of the story and seeing that they're able to accomplish something, and so rapidly and quickly to accomplish something, they suddenly start to have a identity of self. And through that identity of self, they are coming out of their shells, and they're communicating with other people around them. And I like to say that a lot of people, like they use that puzzle, Peace for Autism, the logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then yet at the same time, we're trying to spend a lot of time putting these individuals into a box that society can accept so that they can work in, the say, any field of uh, employment, right? So, well, a box doesn't have those puzzle pieces. A box is a box. But we don't like to tell people, oh, we want to put you in a box because that's rude, right? Mm-hmm. We, well, what would we tell everybody? We want you to be yourself. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. So, in a weird way, I like to make help them build their box,
1: <laughs> their own box, custom made by themselves. Their own box. Yeah, I love. And then
0: if you think about that, when you and when you go to give somebody a gift, you have something to give somebody. You usually package it in a box. Yeah. And you hand it to them, and they open it. Right. Well, that's the the whole thing is that. Yeah. So. They're making. They make something. They make a book. They make a video, right? They make any of these items from a story, and now they have something to put in a package and hand to you. And now they have something to talk to you about.
1: Right, which came from from d- deeply within themselves. We, um, Todd, we have to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to get a little more information about um, the number of people who are who are involved, the number of artists who are involved, and uh, definitely want to hear about the way that you provide your um, your instruction because it's very unique. So this is one in fifty nine, okay. the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bosinski, and we'll be right back. For those diagnosed with autism, the right educational, vocational, and residential programs can optimize their quality of life. At Anderson Center for Autism, we offer all of that and more. We've got programs rooted in evidence-based practices that unlock potential. And we also have a palpable spirit of community that will make you and your loved one with autism feel right at home. Schedule a tour to see for yourself. Call 845-889-4034 or visit andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and with me today is Todd Dornfeld, creator of Tink Tank Animate. Tink Tank is an amazing company that where you're working directly with uh, a number of artists, um, all the way from, you said, sort of ele- early elementary age, all the way through adulthood. And this is neurodiverse artists who are getting involved in um, animation. And so I want to ask you just before- Animation, books. Yes. Books, oh, tell, storytelling. Radio play. Storytelling. Storytelling. That's first, what we said. First
0: and foremost, and then we figure out how to tell that story.
1: Exactly. Love yeah. that. So, Todd, if you could just tell us how many artists are participating in Tink Tank right now?
0: Well, it would be better to say that we've had 20 artists come through Tink Tank, mm-hmm. but it fluctuates who's, how many people are experiencing Tink Tank at the same time, right? So, at a peak, we've had tw- 12 at the same time, mm-hmm. right? So, but we've had over 20 come through the doors or come through the web in a
1: sense. Okay, and do you look at it as they come through doing to, to, to complete, to start and complete one project? Or, like, how much time do people usually spend with Tink Tank? And do you have repeat folks who come back and tell another story uh, on another occasion?
0: Well, here's. God bless the parents of these kids. These parents deserve like the award. You know all the CNN heroes? Yes. Forget it. They should they should own them all. <laughs> these parents cuz these the parents come in with desire for their child to get something out of this talent that they have mm-hmm. or this interest that they have, but the parents not sure where or what is to be accomplished even with it. Right. But they know they need to foster it and they come to Tink Tank and we always sign them up for, we do it 12, 12 minimum of sessions because with 12, okay. it's about 12 hours, either 12 hours or 24 hours, depending if you do one hour or two hour sessions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, That always gives us time to complete a project, which is key. We want someone to complete something because when they complete it, they feel the confidence and they want to talk about it. And we do a form of completion all the way throughout the process. So you're going to have, for example, real quick, the animation, you're going to write it and you'll feel complete that you wrote it. You're going to storyboard it. You're going to feel complete that you're storyboarded. You're going to have a storyboard in a timeline you'll feel complete that you put this. So it's always complete. Your Mm -hmm. stories always get from beginning to the end the entire time. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, if your sessions run out, you still completed a bunch of stuff. Anyhow, back to the parent. No matter who it was... They never disappeared for a very long time. Okay. <laughs> they, The parents were wonderful. They would say, my child is gaining so much from this experience that until something else gets in its way, we're just going to keep going. And things that ended up getting in some kiddo's way were beautiful. One of our kids who the parents never, ever expected their child to do higher learning, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe a JC class or two right beside their house Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Well, this young man, Harry, went behind me and his parents back six, seven months into working with me, went behind our backs and applied to a college, a four-year college in Colorado, which was three states away from him, Mm -hmm. and... He got into the college. Wow. And his parents were so impressed that he would even do any of this sort that this is what got in in the way of Tink Tank and him. Mm-hmm. For a minute, so he had to go to college. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's very happy about that. Yeah,
1: that's wonderful. So, okay, so it sounds like you're not only the storytelling is paramount. The fact that there's a focus for you on on working with artists from the neurodiverse community, but also it sounds like what you're doing is having an impact on creating sort of a sense of community beyond that, even and and a sense of family and well, connectivity. And
0: that's connectivity. That, and, and, that, and that's why we are storytelling based mm-hmm. because. It, and that's just, it's why we're artists as artists. You know, we want to be part of the community. As an artist, we might isolate ourselves in our studio to make the art, but if it's being put on paper, then it's being put on paper for someone else to see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, and and we want to be part of the community. So this this storytelling is there so that they can... Be more part of the community, part of the social uh, network, and part of doing good things for the world. Which is another thing we strive at doing without f- forcing our hand. We strive for social relevance in their content. So we're always trying to make the uh, artist understand why they're even here,
2: mm-hmm. that
0: their parent, that their parent is doing a nice kind thing for them, right? That their parent is seeing their passion, mm-hmm. that people like ourselves are seeing the passion in a community that, a part of community, our community that is generally on the sidelines, right? Well, we're focusing on you. So now that you see that there's empathy in the world and the world's creating this for you and they like that. So then that leads them to recognize that whatever they have to say actually could be socially relevant, which now is even more important to them because they've always been worried about can I even talk? Right. Right. And now we're telling you well, not only is your voice important, but we're saying you're socially relevant automatically. Mm-hmm. So make socially relevant content. Yeah. Well, and they do. Everyone does a little bit of it. On some level, there's always something socially relevant in all their work.
1: All right, so let's so so that so that leads me to my next line of questions, which is really about how you are working directly and one-on-one with the artists. Because I, I, you have some videos that you can go, you can find on YouTube. There's a lot of information on your website where you know what I loved when I was getting ready for this interview was watching um, the way you captured these these videos, which was basically I got the chance as a viewer to watch one of the artists on their computers with their headsets on talking directly with you who you are not there you're you're probably in Detroit I'm guessing yes. and you're looking at there and able to sort of manipulate some of their work and teaching them ways to make a leg move forward you know have a ball roll whatever it might have been um, in the few that, that I was able to watch and but you're also in, they're engaging with you verbally You're you're sort of Pulling out from them and and encouraging them to be um, more open about what they're struggling with, where they're stuck, what they're um, trying to get across, and then you're able to give them both, it's felt to me anyway, kind of motivation and support overall for their project, but also that technical, did you try this? And then you can see how that leg starts moving in the way that they were stuck on trying to, you know, make it look. Um, this was for an animation that I was watching. So so mm-hmm. is, you know, what is, how did, how did that develop? It, what is the outcome? Do you feel like it's the, is, is it the the pinnacle of the type of feedback and the way that you want to keep working with the artists? Is it effective for all of them and for you in terms of helping them be successful in telling their story?
0: absolutely and absolutely. <laughs> it, it came from, so what she's describing, because she's seen it, and you guys on the radio have not seen it. Uh, what she's describing is that we use, uh, which is available everywhere you see it on, promoted at airports and everything. It's a program called Zoom, and I'm, you know, they don't pay me, so <laughs> so it's a program called Zoom, and it allows you to, it's just video conferencing, and allows you to operate the other person's computer, or they operate your computer at the same time as seeing them on the screen, right? And they can see you on the screen, and that—that's that, all that is. Everyone has it. Skype even does it, right? Mm-hmm. But this this setting of a one-on-one session with this individual, these individuals, is the key. Is that you're not necessarily in their space. So when I was working at the school in LA. In the part-time division, I had a classroom filled of maybe, at the most, four or five people, right? All doing their individual stuff with their individual computers. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of leaning over shoulders, and there's a lot of breathing down people's necks, and nobody <laughs> likes that anybody. Right. Anyway, there's a lot of, can I take your mouse? There's a lot uh, of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. and But at the same time, we would do these, exactly like what we do with the virtual uh, lessons, we had these... Private lessons in the evening that the teachers would do in case somebody was no not available in the LA area, right? And there was a few. There was not a lot, but there was a few. And one of my kids that I worked at was from Japan, Ooh. right? So it didn't matter. It's it, it's just Wi-Fi, so it's just the internet. Mm-hmm. So. But what I was discovering in one of my students is he was better on screen and more communicative with me on screen than he was in person. And I started to develop the idea that this is a much better way of the whole process because I can actually be hanging out, really hanging out with them the entire time, just like artist buddies do. We like to have a buddy sitting next to us, hanging out with us the whole time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's weird in a in a classroom setting. Here, they're in their comfortable room with a computer they're comfortable with, with the tools they're comfortable with, with the bathroom that they're comfortable with, with the environment that they're comfortable with. And now they got somebody who's giving them 110% attention the whole time. Right. And they get to stare you right in the eye without staring you in the eye or feeling Guilty that they're not looking you in the eye, right? Because you're not looking them in the eye, but you're communicating and you're talking, and we get to joke, and we get to be loud, and we get to have a great time because there's no one else in the room to bother. Well, I we we
1: We, I'm sorry we have to we have to wrap up, but I wanna I wanna make sure we have a set. No, it's fine. You're you're the fact that this is your vision comes through loud and clear, and I wanna make sure that our listeners get a chance to write down or look up your website, which is -tink 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 Tink. T-I-N-K-T-A-N-K Animate.com TinkTankAnimate.com Only because a lot of what you're talking about you can also find and read about on your website. you can I think you can go to YouTube right and look up Tink Tank Animate and that's where you can see some of these videos uh, yeah. the excerpts from the videos that yeah. we're talking about. I love that you're using technology in this particular way to give that immediate feedback that allows for immediate change and, um, and relationship building but in this way that you're also building community and, and changing the lives, I think, for a lot of uh, these artists who, who now are in an environment where they're honing their craft and obviously making great strides in, in, in towards their future with a passion that they they have. So, Todd uh, Dornfeld, I really appreciate your time. I'm sorry we had to cut things short, but everybody please no, go check a, out TinkTankAnimate.com and learn more about what's coming soon and how you can get involved. So, Todd, thank you for your time today.
0: Thank you. It was awesome.
1: All right, this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.